I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you're listening to VCR. So, today's episode is going to be a unique one. We're kind of going off the rails for this one. But let me start off by asking you an odd question, Carlo. Yeah. Growing up, and when we kind of grew up in the same era, um, did you ever find cartoons to be attractive or kind of sexy growing up? Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's a... In, in two ways, the, the attractive and sexy. There are mm-hmm. uh, growing up, and we'll say that's everything before what I, what was legally considered an adult growing up. Um, I ran into, I, I would run into just actively sexualized characters. Mm. There would be characters I found attractive that were just either uh, personality-wise or art-wise. I like to look at, I like to think about, I like to talk about, or I like to, I like to enjoy media thereof. So they were attractive and they were sexy, but they weren't always, those aren't always the same thing. Like I'm not, uh, I don't find uh, Dot Warner from the Warner, the Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. I don't find Dot Warner sexy, but I, that, uh, that personality type appeals to me. Okay. So that kind of energy appeals to me, but it's not a sexy attractive. It's just like, oh, I, that's my friend from cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I catch you. I catch you. So if you had to say, uh, and let's let's keep this not totally weird for everybody. So let's say um, you had three attractive, sexy characters. Who would your three be? I feel, and I feel like I've put you on a spot. So if if I've done you wrong, let me know, and I'll I'll maybe no, I'll I'll do it because okay. uh, characters that I that I found sexy. Mm-hmm. not found just attractive or okay well all right so let's go with with sexy uh which ones did you find sexy well as a weird kid i was exposed to old, a lot more o- uh, older media also evidenced with a lot of a lot in this podcast so uh despite the face being in like unrecognizable as a human face betty boop was sexy that she was always mm-hmm. a, like she was in her own time a sexual icon um, that was a context I got her as. So there was always there's a lot of cartoons of of Betty Boop with with her in like silhouette and she's just dancing naked. Like there's a shadow or something like there's the silhouette of her body completely nude, or uh, everyone just desperately trying to rape her, which is a weird thing in Betty Boop cartoons. She's always like, no, don't touch me, and they like jump on top of her and she has to run away. Mm-hmm. So she and and she's not like, and it's that. Um, I don't remember the, the scientific term for it, but she's not realistically proportioned in any way. She, her face no, is she not least, but it's that the the little calling cards of sexual, uh, in your window, of sexual lure. Designed, yeah, yeah, she's not like the, the the hourglass figure. Not realistic at all. She doesn't even have feet. They're just they come basically to little shoe shaped points, but just the effect of this is what a sexy woman looks like. So that that was one that I would like I would think of in sexual uh, sexual terms as like a as a kid mm-hmm. um let's see it's a little bit i i'm i have a i'm at a disadvantage or an advantage depending on how you look at it because i got into anime as a kid okay. and there was, well that and I, counts that counts yeah and I, I i never cared for dragon ball or dragon ball z or any of that but i found the character of bulma sexy mm-hmm. um 
one they actually show her like they show her like uh, her in, in the actual anime not the edited for tv in america version um you often saw her topless or in the bath or like she would like hike up her skirt and she would actually like hike up her skirt to like impress people mm-hmm. like hey do you want to see my panties like it's very much a juvenile this is like a 10 11 year old carlo mm-hmm. uh kind of like you know early on set I always had a I always had a thing for like romantic romanticizing yeah. relationship with women. I've always had that. Sexualizing was different. So when that kicked in, because I didn't have like I didn't have like live action porn to watch, I didn't have access to the internet. Like they, like well, like your back kids then, have we now. didn't we didn't have all that good stuff. Like we yeah <laughs> the internet was very limited back then. Like not everyone had it, and porn wasn't what it is today. You know, you still yeah. had to go like find a uh, magazine. <laughs> <laughs> or you had to steal, you had to steal a Playboy or a Swank know. from from or, the gas station. There was no good way to get it, or a VHS but, cassette, or or you would go to like um, another one. The, well, this is unfair because she was voiced by Laura Bailey, who was also also uh, a voice actor from Texas. Um, Lust from the the another anime, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. She was the kind of a, like she was an embodiment of lust so she was a um a sexy female femme fatale in a tight black dress that could like stab you with her fingers and, sl- and like slaughter armies and was unstoppable so that was like so that's a, an example of just a couple of examples that come to mind quickly i'd say okay well my my three are not as detailed but i'm just gonna rattle them off real quick so if i had to think of like uh sexy cartoons from back in the day um i'm gonna go with shigo from kim possible because there's the green, something about the green that. woman yeah the green one. i don't know why that, that okay. kind of did it for me a little bit <laughs> yeah. and then i'm going to go with catwoman and which uh, made ser- batman the animated series got one batman the animated series catwoman and then also just some of the really fine artwork in the comic books <laughs> that uh, i'm sure we all know what we're talking about there and then of course my number one is going to be jessica rabbit sure classic yeah also awesome. not human proportions at all no, but but i ain't looking for human proportion when you talk about jessica rabbit so yeah. <laughs> so those would be my three but here here's an interesting thing and and we're coming to a point as to why we're talking to the, about this today. okay so we're kind of looking at you know cartoons sexiness their influence but also the kind of big question you know why why are they designed so <laughs> Cartoons, the, yeah. the cartoon gave me a boner. Who's to blame for this? Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> someone has to be, someone's fault is, is that is, you know, like, you know, who, why, why is Jessica Rabbit look like that? And why do I have these feelings for her? <laughs> why does she make me tingle in my no-no place? Um, so that's kind of a thing. Well, I, think I, I, I think I know the answer. I don't think you'll like it. Probably, you know, but that's entirely possible. But before we go into yeah. our answer. <laughs> Yeah. Let's kind of take a small sampling of what other people's list might be. Like what what are other people's ideas as to these sexy cartoons or attractive cartoons or uh what 
some of these people call the hottest cartoons. Um, so I'm going to read off a couple of top ten lists, just two of them, and okay. we'll go from there. Sound good? Sure. Okay. So this one is coming from Fortress.com, and this article was published uh, this year, October of this year, October 25th, this year, and it doesn't have a author it just says it was done by guest so some random guy beating it off to cartoons i'm sure, sure. <laughs> but number, it off to. <laughs> right you know number 10 corresponds to something that that you have on your list um, number 10 for this guy is betty boop mm-hmm. number nine is marge simpson which i think is kind of an odd one but hey whatever yeah number eight I get it and I disagree with it <laughs> right number eight is daphne blake from scooby-doo i'm a velma should be i hope is going to be higher up but go on <laughs> well we'll see we'll see number seven is poison ivy batman sure number six veronica lodge from the archie comics oh yeah ronnie sure number five the baroness from gi joe Oh, the leather, the uh, the leather cat suit lady. Yeah, I guess. Makes sense. I'm not familiar yeah. with that one. Uh, number uh, she, four. She had like black rim glasses, short black hair, and a leather cat suit. Okay. Number four, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Classic. Number three, and I'm not familiar with this. Maybe you know it, uh, but it's by Stan Lee, uh, I guess, and it's Stripperella. Uh, yeah, it was a animated uh, series vehicle for Pamela Anderson Lee. Okay. Where she Num- was a stripper by day and a superhero by night. Interesting. Okay, yeah. number two, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Um, and number one, Hits Mine, is Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Sure. So that's kind of an interesting one. Now, I'm going to jump into this other list just to kind of give us a little comparison fun stuff. But I'm only going to do the top 10 from this one because this is top 25 of the sexiest cartoons. And this one was published in, let me see here. It was published in 2017. And it is published and written by a Robin Wilding. I suppose that's an appropriate name for something like this. (laughs) So number 10 on this list is Storm from X-Men. Storm, sure, yeah. Number nine is just about as strange as the Marge Simpson one from the other list. But number nine is Lois Griffin from Family Guy. Well, that's not as that's not as strange as the as the Marge Simpson, I suppose. Number eight, okay. Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Okay. Number seven, Wonder Woman, Justice League. Yeah. Number six, Tinkerbell, Peter Pan. Ooh, I get that one. <laughs> Number five is also is Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Number four, yours comes in a little bit higher on this one, is Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. Number three, Red Hot Riding Hood. Now, this one is kind of a, 
also oh, a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. I, I think a lot of people don't know that, but this one definitely comes out of a much more uh, classic Warner Brothers. Uh, I want to say Tex Avery uh, era. Yes, exactly. Tex Avery. And this is the whole uh, Red Hot Riding Hood. So you're going to have to Google that, our listeners. But that's number that's three a on the list. Pretty famous one where a zoot suit wearing wolf Mm-hmm. goes to a uh, club. samba club mm-hmm. yeah and then he watches a and it's just a sexy dance uh little red Riding hood is a is a not a stripper she's like a burlesque dancer so yeah. it's just a sexy revealing dance and the wolf whistle if you ever saw the mask when he starts doing the wolf whistle it's a almost that exact scene yeah, identical to that the cameron diaz uh dancing number it's almost exactly that except the wolf doesn't doesn't make any doesn't yeah. actually get with it Number two, Hollywood, Cool World. Oh, yeah, yeah. And number one, Jessica Rabbit, who framed Roger Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I imagine she would be on almost every list. It would be weird any list she was not on. Yeah, I mean, she, I guess it would be kind of weird without her being in that. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I think that's kind of interesting right there. But, you know... Not that I'm trying to be, I don't know, I don't want to say strange or... Uh... We, we have to leave the door open to be like, it's, a, it's kind of a dumb topic mm-hmm. when you're talking about, like, this cartoon is sexy. You can, I mean, it's important to intellectualize this, I think, and try to, to be an adult about it. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about that it's okay to be a little bit childish because the psychology of it implies that's where this started. Because neither of us are talking about contemporary cartoons. No, no. We're... we're talking about the ones we grew up with. I think it's when uh, our discovery of sex being attached to this period of our life where we're still, we're no longer uh, going out in the backyard and picking up a cool stick, and now we're a pirate on an adventure. That time is over, and we're going on to, what am I going to spend my fantasy, my, my, my imagination on? Sex. My hormones do not allow me to think of anything else. But, I'm still, but I still get home uh, after school and go watch cartoons. It's Saturday morning. I'm gonna get up. I never want to be up, uh, get up on time for school, but I'll get up on time for Saturday morning cartoons. So we still have that child energy and that attachment to our imagination, but cartoons are really the thing we're still kind of focusing on. So I think that's why those become inextricably attached. Yeah, And, and so it's kind of interesting that they start making cartoons kind of sexier at this point and and you may have hit it right on the head and they specifically and mostly do it for males yeah because if you really think about it if you look on here and and in my research when you type in like history of sexy cartoons or you just Mm -hmm. type in sexy cartoons it's everyone's top 20 25 list and it's all male oriented like you know it's the male opinion and it's all of these uh female characters but the one thing i noticed in the research you don't have like the top 10 sexiest male ones for females at all because it's not catering to them and you may have hit it that you know because males go through puberty 
a bit earlier, but also become more sexualized earlier than what women do. Because... No, it's just the exact opposite. No, no, no. Women, women sexually mature first, and women get sexual are seen as sexual creatures way earlier than men. Well, you're talking about physically now. The whole anatomy yeah. of it works like that. Well, not anatomy. That's the wrong word. The whole psychology yeah. about it is like uh, boys in their fifteen ish years start hitting their sexual peak but women actually their sexual peak comes later in life and yeah. i don't a lot of people don't realize this uh women's sexual peak actually comes in closer to their 30s but but men start or boys at yeah. the time develop it when they're teens so this may be a big reason why we start seeing uh more sexually i don't want to say aggressive but more sexually oriented cartoons such as the way jessica rabbit's built the way catwoman's built the way i'm going to even throw out she goes built the way betty boop was built the way this is why but this is why i argued when it makes it makes sense for lois lane for not lois lane for lois griffin to be on a sexy cartoon list and it doesn't make sense for marge simpson and and you know what that and you're right that's just lois lois griffin is a sexualized character she is and later on she's like i'm into weird kinky sex we see her in various like sexual positions with multiple sexual partners mm -hmm. she's canonically done pornography mm -hmm. she uh is uh, uh, gets is into bdsm uh she sexualizes inappropriate things and sexualize and sexualize it inappropriate times marge simpson is a happy homemaker uh like housewife for lack of a better term that's what and that's the bulk of what she does like she does it they occasionally have the i guess we'll have her do something sexy but it's this big shocking out of character thing like when yes. playboy mm -hmm. had an had a uh, an issue released an issue of with marge simpson, marge simpson. Uh, yeah yeah because she was a because she's a bigger character than lois lois griffin who would make sense she would absolutely have done that that makes sense in her her backstory if they had an episode where they revealed marge was once in playboy that would seem out of character mm -hmm. But if they had an episode where Lois Griffin was once in Playboy, that would not be out of character at all. No. So, and I think so the other sense, thing but, is... So uh, Jessica Rabbit is a sexualized character. She is, they, they have a detective go take cheating photos of her. She says, I'm not bad. I'm drawn that way. She's openly a sexualized character. Mm. Um, other characters, like like you said, the character Shigo, I don't know that show, but did they ever have her like making out with anybody or talk about sex or imply sex? No, but they do have a very sexy, smoldering voice. And then if you look at her, her body design is a little bit more, um, how do I say, developed than the other characters in there. Isn't but, she, is she older than them? You know, I don't think it really specifies their yeah. age, I don't think. So, well, I mean, the other one, the, the, the heroine of the show, Kim Possible, is yeah. a teen. They never really right. specify what she goes age is. A lot of you, a lot of people make the assumption she's around Kim's age, but because the truth she's is, arguably like a dark reflection of her, right? But I think the truth is she's older. Um, but they never really specify that. But to go backtrack on something, uh, because we're kind of talking about all this fun, yeah. weird stuff, I, I can now kind a lot of, of weird stuff. huh? There's a lot of weird stuff to it, right? I know. Um, so I think going back, the whole thing with Marge and Lois, and I can see it now, now that me and you are talking about it a little bit more, Marge and Lois also cater to a type of fetish. 
uh, just like everyone talks, and you more commonly talk about uh, girls who have this, like uh, daddy issues. You know, there are guys out there who have these mommy issues. And if you oh, think sure. about it, uh, Lois and Marge kind of could cater to that, or they would cater to that. And I can see them sure. being on the list for that. Um, so yeah, I can. It was, it was, it's still like a leap because I'm just saying that there is a leap in. Now I'm going to think of this person in a sexual manner. Like if you, it's weird if you, you have to make a certain decision. If when you go to get a cup of coffee, if you find the barista attractive, you're not like it's okay for me to think of this person like naked. You're not there yet. Like there has to be like you shouldn't be there yet. There's there's an extra leap there. If you go to a strip joint and you see a stripper and you're like, oh, I wonder what she looks like naked yeah you can find out pay 75 dollars. like that's a strip joint that's what you went there for that's the context of what you're talking about the and, leap comes from oh sorry no and i was gonna say and i have to correct you carlo i have to uh, you forced me it's a horista in this context <laughs> if you're watching a porn sure <laughs> but if it's just the barista it's creepy to go like I'm thinking about them in a sexual context. Not really. So, I mean, what and, not, and not like with cartoons, they're not real people, so I'll, I'll let it go. But it's still a, like if someone were to say Schmurfette, where there's no, you know, it's difficult, actively difficult to sexualize that character. That makes sense. It's difficult. It makes sense to, for it to be difficult. But with any with any cartoon, like okay, well, there's the shape of tits and the shape of you know, shapely legs. So, all right, it's a little bit easier. That makes sense. Then this character is of age and discusses sexual relationships and uh, se uh, sexual activities with other characters. Then it, okay, then the, the very next thing is, well, that character is a sexualized character. It makes sense to think about them sexually. Like it, it like Jessica you know, Rabbit compared to Smurfette. Yeah, I totally see the difference there. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, we're talking, we, granted, we may be talking about creepy across the board. Mm -hmm. That that we that may be the, the context of the discussion, but I'm saying there are huge gradients. Oh yeah, no, there's different. Like you know, you said that you know, um, baristas or horistas or are considered as people. I, I don't consider them people, but you know, <laughs> I, I I see you like biting your tongue. <laughs> you just well, it was like, weird because I used to work so at Starbucks, bad. and you would call me that when when there were guests around. It made it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Horista, where's my black <laughs> coffee? You know how I like it hot. <laughs> Cream on the side, please. <laughs> but that that but this is this is why I think like when they ask like if we're gonna say there's a to blame thing, it is the Ouroboros of we grow up watching cartoons where we're expected to sexualize characters that aren't sexual mm. because society has grown up with that thinking, so they expect us to sexualize things that aren't sexual yes and so i the, i blame advertising like i do with everything well yeah, the ad man decides there's a female character like there's even they'll even have the archetypes of this is the brave character this is the cowardly character this is the funny guy this is the smart guy and then there's the chick that's her personality yeah I no i agree away from that i think more modern cartoons while they will have like it is easily identifiable that this one presents female, this one presents male, and it's easier to tell just by looking at the artwork alone. Mm -hmm. It's not so much wrapped up into that. That's not a big issue of like, ooh, I wonder what they look like naked. There's always going to be some version of that. There is a the internet rule thirty four <laughs> that if it exists, 
there is internet uh, there's internet porn of it and that's exactly. simply a so no absolutely. don't look up anything ever without yeah. safe search on or you will see some something because you'll see like you might see like very complimentary artsy uh beautiful artwork of one of your favorite characters naked or you might see them getting fucked by uh stitch from lilo and stitch yeah can't look up anything it's never safe no it's not <laughs> but you bring up a good question um who is to blame for this? And I, I really don't know. I don't think we're going to have a clear answer to that. But, you know, I, I have it's to say... It's the patriarchy. It's always the patriarchy. It, 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 <laughs> I totally wouldn't like know, the answer. I'm going to jump on that and say, yeah, it, it is the patriarchy. And I am going to say it is definitely a male-driven kind of thing. Because if you really look at it, this is catered to young boys who are hitting that age. And, yeah. you know, this is why She-Ra, the original She-Ra, is designed sexy. This is why Evil mm -hmm. Lynn is designed sexy. This is why, you know, the women at that time, because who the hell is going to go out and start fighting an Aaliyah tart? None of them. But right. <laughs> in reality, same, the same thing, the same thing we said about Batman. Yeah. You know, no, exactly. Bat Batman shows up in skin, a skin tight outfit, mm -hmm. showing off abs, his like perfect chin, that mm -hmm. sexy voice. Oh, Batman! At uh, Batman, sexy, but we don't sexualize it. Oh, but he's male, so he's not sexualized. Of course, he's sexy. look at him. He's so, wearing his underwear, dick out. Like, look where my dick is. Like, I'm Batman. <laughs> but we, but we don't think of it that way. You don't think of it that way. The advertisers certainly don't think of it that way because, well, he's Batman. He's being Batman. Of course, he's going to dress like that. Mm -hmm. Catwoman comes in. Harley Quinn comes in in a skin tight leotard, and everyone's like, "Oh, like that's a sexy character." Yeah. Where's the difference? It's definitely a gender difference. It's definitely how yeah. you emphasize it. And, you know, like Poison Ivy, and Catwoman, you know, Harley Quinn, uh, the other kind of like uh, here and there female characters of Batman, you know, they're, yep. they're all highly sexualized and designed seductively. Yep. And it is designed to cater towards that population of, of uh, I don't want to say men, but boys who are hitting that, oh, my God, what's going on here type of thing. Yeah. And that what is that? Can I hump it? Yeah, that that fifteen year old kind of of mentality, because like what I was saying earlier, you know, uh, fifteen boys in fifteen start that whole little sexual maturity thing, and it's designed to grab that attention. So I think we've kind of figured out who in general is to blame. Yeah. We don't have a specific person, but you yeah. know who in general is to blame. But let's kind of look at the influence that's kind of had on culture. I mean, um, you've been to this more than what I have because of your, your previous uh, podcast, but Comic-Con. Yes, I've uh, uh, led four panels now at a uh, comic palooza the biggest comic convention in houston anyways yeah um, so yeah there's and there's a a lot of uh costume and fan art and just the art of the of the cartoons themselves and invariably there is the creepier part of um <laughs> of the dealer's room where they have uh a lot like a lot of like fairly local artists that are making their own fan art and selling it and in that artist alley you will invariably find some inappropriate touching of your favorite animated characters but not just that yes absolutely i mean there's inappropriate art and sexual art going on but yeah. think about it there are models out there who are just 
yeah. running around at the comic cons or comic palooza or these comic conventions and well, and cosplayers and cosplayer and, and that's what i was getting at models players models like himself <laughs> yeah you know cosplayers who are skin tight like latex type type of thing you can see all the body mm -hmm. parts through it practically and yeah. they're out there and they're banking on the sexualization and there are cosplayers who have become absolutely famous for it you know yeah. um you know because they that like they, their sexy version of Daphne from Scooby Doo, or their sexy version yeah. of Maleficent, or their sexy version of uh, you know Jasmine from Aladdin, or just their sexy version of anything. Like I've even seen yeah, a, the a bathing suit that uh, this video game character would wear. Yeah, the sexy Laura yeah. Croft, the sexy Kim sure. Possible. The sexy and and I I don't think it needs to be said, but I feel I will. But I will say it. I think it should be said. Say it. Uh, not every cosplayer that cosplay cosplays in a skin tight outfit is like it's because i'm sexy i don't want to be looked at for that reason um like a, a very dear friend of mine an excellent cosplayer uh brianna uh reverses life if you want to find her on uh, socials uh she's an excellent cosplayer and she did miraculous ladybug as a costume and i don't know if it's a french car uh cg animated cartoon i doubt you've seen it but the two main characters lady uh, the particular ladybug and this guy named cat noir both wear skin tight outfits they are i mean the art style is not in any way sexualizing them i think they're i can't tell if they're supposed to be 13 or they're just not especially developed people or adults i don't know but they're they're like they're kids but they are skin tight outfits because she like it, she has like acrobatics like a gymnastic moves as she moves about uh and he's a cat his thing is he does cat stuff so they're both in skin tight leotards and so when she dressed up in that character, her thinking was not, oh, I'm in a sexy outfit because she was dressed like a 13 year old child. Right. But there were plenty of people that like, oh, you're so sexy. And we're trying to get her number. And she like started. She was like going to throw up in her mouth. She's like, I'm dressed like a 13 year old. I look like a 13 year old right yeah. now. You're gross. And she's right. They're gross. That's gross of them. Like, well, she's an adult. She's dressed like a child. And you're sexualizing her dressed like a child. But it's skin tight, yeah, because it's an acrobatic. It's not a fetish gear. It's not the yeah. same thing. Granted, if people want to, if people want to do that separately on their home, that's fine. It just does not necess necessitate the other. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to have that out there because I don't want anyone thinking that you're saying like anyone, any model or cosplayer is tricking people into thinking about sex you're not saying i know you're not well, saying no that. no that's that's not what i was saying you know in, yeah. in any way and I, I don't think anyone would pick up on that i'm just saying that people like these cosplayers the, the female ones mostly are, are banking on and let's be honest that's how become how a lot of them become famous is this you know i took like delma velma i'm sorry sure. velma from scooby-doo and i made yeah. her sexy by making the sweater tighter and the cosplayer themselves may be extra busty which happens a lot uh, and, and things like that in extra like the lacy underwear and overly uh, short skirts so they are kind of sexual plenty, plenty, plenty do yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean plenty do uh, especially with the i think it's is it power woman or power girl is the name of that comic character who is uh, skin, especially busty? The skin-tight skin white uh, yeah. onesie thing. Yeah, pa Power Girl. Just to kind of, I, I believe, just to sort of to hammer home that they didn't have women writing her. <laughs> just right, to make it very clear. Everyone needs to know 
women are have nothing to do with it, have have not had a hand in creating this character in any way. Mm-hmm. Her name is Power Girl. Yeah, and I think you have a lot of them who are kind of over sexualizing these these characters and, and they bank off of it and good for them i guess because you they've created this entire genre and they've become extremely famous for uh sure. their their sexuality and their body and everything uh which bravo but I'm not going to knock any form of sex work no no i'm, I'm not going to knock any form of this either it's like an oversized over sexualized modeling is a form of sex work yes because it's not a bad thing it's simply work mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's just um you know, it, it's you never realize how hugely powerful or influential that is until you're at a convention like that or just in generally watching things. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I actually sat down and watched a uh, a non-adult cartoon, just a general cartoon. I couldn't keep up with, with that because, you know, I'm into, you know, we do other things nowadays. But when you go to these conventions and things like that and you see that there's this huge sexuality of that screaming out there or saturating yeah. that that type of yeah. uh thing it, you, you have to stop and ask it's like a how b who c that looks really good on you can i get your number and d <laughs> <laughs> like um you know what what is the driving force nowadays you know are cartoons still just cartoons or is it just they're popular because they have all this sexuality in it um oh well it it, it it's not a it doesn't work as a blanket statement because look at uh, an example you brought up was the original shira if you compare it to the modern shira their kids they're not sexualized at all they have various body types. They're, the characters have personalities that are based in having a personality, not just that's the pink one with the exact same body type uh, uh, that has no character. They're all very different. Uh, and it, uh, at its heart of it, I don't even know if it's an adventure anymore. I think it's mostly just uh, uh, these two little like teenage lesbians find out they're in love. I think that the whole point of it is that they find, at the end they kiss, and it's fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm told that's kind of what it's about now. And... This is not, I'm, I'm not knocking that. I'm all for that. But to go from straight up, we want He-Man, but like sexy, that was the entirety of, of the original She-Ra. And now they're like, we're going to have a thoughtful rumination, excuse me, on uh, young, uh, young love um, in the forms of romantic, uh, of friendship, of family. To my understanding, with no, zero conversation about sex, because it's not a sexualized love. We're not, we're not talking about sex. So it's it's not a it, and but there's also like um, Netflix has like a super drag thing where it's like a bunch of drag queens and they're superheroes. So <laughs> it's it's not across the board. It's I just can't really speak on either one of those because honestly, I the last year I saw was the older one, uh, sure, the original one in the eighties. Uh, I've never seen the new one and the drag queen one. I've never seen either. So. Sure. I, I couldn't really speak to either one of them. But if you think about it, I'm not saying that it's sexualized, but it is about sexual identity. So there is still that element of, yeah. there is a question of sex. I would say it's it's a better conversation to have since it's about discussing it with like a kind of frankness and a, a seriousness 
because if you go back to like old like the old betty boop and like the back when they used to do these things called tijuana bibles um or even uh max uh they, the tijuana bible was basically it was just a little sex fan art flip book that they would uh they would sell like in gas stations or uh you know at, at uh at nudie parlors and stuff and you would just buy like for a nickel you'd have a bunch of a little story about a lonely housewife and her husband's going to come home soon and it's wimpy from popeye and then popeye shows up and fucks her like yeah, 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 yeah. that's the that's the gag that's the whole story yeah. so it, it was but it was more of a because it was having any kind of thought about this character other than the very service level of oh there's olive oil that's popeye's girl i bet he'll eat he'll eat spinach and hit cluedo there he goes he did it again anything past that even if you go to oh, are going to be a little depraved and having the sexuality or why is his arms like that whatever whatever branch off you want from the original like from what is just on the surface level stated is good i think in any media you should discuss and see why the how and the what for of it including sometimes a sexual a, a sexual component even if it's just out of discussion if it is for masturbatory fine that's you know enjoy yourselves we're all we'll all be dead soon enjoy yourself while you can um and i think it's a better it's actually a more a mature conversation now if you go back 10 years it's marge simpsons and playboy because because me, this magazine media is dying you go back 10 years before that and then it's um uh, what would it be 10, 10 years before that that's two uh, oh two, we're going uh, way back we're going the we're like here. early that's early 2000 i'm trying to think like what is the the uh, the height of everyone knows it everyone hears about it sex and cartoons and i think it would be uh, probably about like um for some people it's like discuss it's it would be late for plenty of you don't need to email me you do not have to get on my twitter and tell me i knew about uh, hentai when i was in middle school everyone did calm down mm -hmm. but uh, mainstream media and having over sexualized violent sex cartoons from japan 2000 is like now it's everybody knows it and it's even lampooned not even lampooned but it is ap actively aped by american cartoons trying to look like japanese cartoons anime which is very different in where you can go content wise in discussions of sex pervert like active pervert not just sex but like perversion even dangerous uh, levels of fetishism 2000 you go back before that and then it's like heavy like oh heavy metal 2000 you might see tits <laughs> yeah you know so every like every step you go back it's a it's a less mature and responsible conversation of sex and cartoons being attached um or it's very tongue-in-cheek and it does it's not a serious conversation at all now it's a more com serious conversation in the cartoons themselves but there's always the underbelly that, there that has existed from then to now of but what if we made it really dirty that little bit of that perversion of the innocent level of cartoons it's more fun that this is not inherently a dirty thing most of the art but it's mostly fan created I don't think it's fair. Like you can't blame Scooby-Doo for people drawing fucked up cartoons about the characters. I don't feel that's fair. No. And I, I get what you're saying. I really do. You know, it, it's, um, you have to think it is probably a more that aspect of like, let's say the pornography of it or the sexualization of it, like the over sexualization of it is definitely something yeah. driven by the fans. But if you go back to the original source, it's not like they're 
not drawing them in a sexy way. Uh, you know, like I said, if you want to look back at uh, She-Ra or Evil Lynn, you know, they, they were, you know, the yeah. originals, not not the newest stuff. They were yeah. drawn in, in a sexy way. It was drawn, like I said, you know, kind of like to look a certain way for oh, definitely. the boys. They weren't sexualized, but they were drawn to be sexy women. They, they were definitely drawn to be sexy women. So it yeah. starts there. And then fan art or fanboys go out and they do more with it, yeah. uh, especially in the sense of like, making the pornography or making these sexy drawings or and it's uh, not always them uh max fleischer the creator of betty boop mm-hmm. this might not be true but there is a famous rumor about a uh an animated voiced animated betty boop cart betty boop popeye crossover episode mm-hmm. called welcome to miami uh apparently it, re- it surfaced sometime in 2003 uh, so a, a, a classic porn collector had a had an artist as a member as a, he had a special viewing of like old cartoons, mm-hmm. um, and he had a an artist one uh, uh, artist was one of the people who saw it, and they watched voiced by and claiming voiced by the original by, by the original Popeye and the original Betty Boop, created by Max Fleischer as a Christmas gag a gag for the for the office. It was never meant to be released, and it, supposedly it was locked in a uh, a studio vault somewhere for many many years. And this collector uh, got a hold of it and had a viewing. Hmm. Interesting. Um, famously, may, it may not exist at all because obviously Max Fleischer isn't going to like, today we did another Betty Boop. It was great. We made, we're going to make $100. By the way, I got to draw our titties today and Popeye blew a spinach can all over it. Wow. We didn't have a journal about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, like, but supposedly, and given all of the content about Betty Boop, it's not that surprising. It wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be surprised if it, if it actually existed. I get that it probably doesn't. Life is not always that interesting. But I think that but that, there's a difference between characters that are drawn to be sexy because you're supposed to get that Daphne is the attractive one, so she's drawn this way. Velma's not supposed to be the attractive one, so she's drawn this way. Um, Betty Boop is for fucking. That's what she's drawn to do. Like you could, there's a difference. Jessica Rabbit is like drawn to be something, someone that that fucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnie Mouse is not drawn to fuck. <laughs> no one's no. drawing that to go like I should fuck that. People get the their people I'm sure get there into are it. I'm sure. Out there who think that though. Yeah. Like, oh wow. We'll have a we'll have a whole discussion about furries, and I'll and I will defend them since no one ever does. <laughs> I'll defend the ones that aren't creepy. Okay, the ones that aren't terribly creepy. That, that's going to be a hard one, considering you could... Furries are just, you know, that's... that's a, like I said, the ones that aren't terribly creepy. Uh, <laughs> good luck on that one. We, we might Here. just do a show just to see how we can pull that off. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that might be, because that, that sounds like a worthwhile challenge, right? That's going to be fun, because you're, it's just going to be a lot... It's a lot of low-hanging fruit for you. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's like pick, 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 you yeah. know? Yep. I'm like, no, 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 that one can burn, that one can burn, that one can burn. Just as I say, with animation, because I, I do believe, it, it's a cartoon, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really does. I, I do believe that there's a certain line to that, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, there's this is something you need to get, seek. you should be in therapy or medication, uh, whatever it's like, yeah, I want to, like, someone wants to draw, uh, who have we not dunked on cartoon, we'll just go with uh, Marge Simpson again. 
Uh, they want to draw Marge Simpson having sex. A little weird, but fine. Like that falls in the realm of it. Okay, it starts with Homer getting brutally murdered. Yeah, why that does that? Yeah. Why the fact that that's necessary for you to get this, get to a, a sexy place about a a clearly feminine form? If you're into the feminine form, why did you need this to happen? Like I know when she's and when they are over, it's over. They cut off her head. Like that's some of the stuff I've been I've been exposed to. I'm like, no, that's not no. This is un, this is unhealthy. It was weird yeah. before. It was a little silly. It was like a little fetishy. That's fine though. I'm not going to judge anyone that. On um, but when it's like, well, it only it's only sexy if you know they shoot her at the end, right? No. That's unhealthy. Yeah. That, no, I, that level of sexualizing something that's not sexy, that's just being over sexualized. Yeah. But bringing violence to sex, like that level of violence to sex, no. No, no that's and, and I don't yeah, and those that, wires are a little too crossed. Yeah, and that that really wasn't going in that direction with that. But I mean yeah. that does exist out there. It it really does. It's something to really be looked at. And I, I'm sure there are millions of papers out there, you know, psychological oh, papers and, and other, you know, academic type of papers that yeah. for this topic. Anthropologists, psychologists that actually have something to, something to say more than us. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the weird thing is, like, even when you try to Google that, you know, or find that, you really are just getting a bunch of top 20 lists. It, and it's kind of insane. It's like it's saturated with that. This conversation just will always devolve into that. Yeah. Be honest. Like, who would you have sex with if you were a cartoonist? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like going in that direction. And yeah. but again, it's a huge influencer. And, and you're right when you were saying advertisement. Because what makes this kid want to watch the show? What makes this this 15 year old won't watch the show what's the sexy girl and from the sexy girl and the sexuality and the hidden and your windows in it it's like hey i want to buy that product that it's associated with and you kind of start doing that and it drives you to want to go to these maybe it even drives you to go to a convention or something and and you become more and more it is a money maker because you got to pay for all those things got to pay for the product yeah. you got to pay to go to the uh let's say comic book convention that features this particular, you know, character that you're all into. But it really does, you know, kind of lure you in and that, that does have a big, a big thing to do with the advertisement of it. Matter of fact, I'm going to Google up, you know, like the top cosplayers and see what that kind of comes up with um sexy outfits so top 20 no no sorry i'm lying i'll edit that out top 10 hottest cosplayers to cosplay hottest cosplay yeah that's what to cosplay in 2020 and of course it has no author uh so number one and this is hold on send you comic-con Okay, so number one is Amy Lynn. Number two, Danielle De Nicola. Number three, Yaya Han. Number four is 
oh god help me in pronouncing this name <laughs> uh alodia gor no ghost i'm gonna spell this g-o-s-i-e-n-g-f-i-a-o okay any yeah so that's exactly what I'm i just don't have a guess yeah yeah i would love to know because that's that's a, a sound a, that sounds like it would be a very cool name right number five ellie cosplay obviously a stageman name mm, yeah number six jessica nagiri oh i have heard of her i've heard of her too i've seen a lot of her stuff Number seven, okay. it's just a one namer, uh, Rikia, R E I K A. Number eight, Stella Chu. Number nine, also just a, a one namer, Annie. I guess it's supposed to be Annie May. A-N-I-M-I-A. Sure. Number 10. Missa. Wow, some of these names, man. Uh, Missa. <laughs> okay. It's, the first name is Missa, M-I-S-A. The last name is C-H-I-A-N-G. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't either. So, <laughs> so I take it this is a list of conventionally attractive young women. Yes, is, is basically what that is. And if we look at this, okay, here's Comic-Con's 2020 top 10 hottest cosplayer models. So okay, well, one... again, they're doing hottest. Yeah, but see, did, that, sadly, cosplay... that's, that's all that, that's really listed. It's like, who are the hottest? Yeah. Well, I'll that's play. all that's listed for media traffic, for, mm -hmm. for online media traffic. So unless, I mean, I'm sure if, if anyone of our listeners has some really good places to go look up uh, cosplay that isn't based on just sexual attractiveness, they'll be able to bring up some really cool lists for us. Because I have seen things like massive suits of armor, uh, impossible creatures and characters made into, uh, made into costumes. It's not exclusively... Uh, exclusively that but it would be for like the nerdist or something i'm sure that's the main thing they're going to talk about yeah and on here you have some more some more pronounceable names though um uh, but some of these are the same and don't get me wrong the costumes on on these that's like really well done um but like similar to the last one uh daniela de nicola uh, Nicole Marie Jean. I'm not sure who she is. Kay Victoria. Nina Ko. Yaya Han. Oh, that one again. Yeah. Uh, Liz Brickley. Tom, uh, Tamia. Oh. Oh, God. I can't even... It almost looks like onions, but let's let let me just spell this out. O n n i e s and the last name R i n n e. All right. 
Stella Chu back on the list, and number one is Jessica Nagiri. Oh, she is again. Yep, and she's actually a lot of these are on the last couple of them. So interesting, interesting. Yep. But again, yep. Uh, even looking at these costumes, they're very. I mean, even though they're good quality, well built, they are designed for the sexy. You know, the, these are some low cut, short type of. Some of them are super skin tight, um, latex. I type do of wonder material. how many of them are accurate. Because if this if this if this list is about sexual appeal, mm. it's impo- it's entirely possible that they went for they were going for yeah I'm going to make this an especially sexy character because you can so, absolutely do a non sorry a non sexualized version of a, a character mm-hmm. um, and there are plenty of characters that aren't sexualized that you can still make identifiable and sexual oh yeah like this one who was yeah. wearing the Snow White it's obviously Snow White but a very much sexualized version of of it some of these yeah. uh characters i can't identify because i mean maybe you could but i can't identify sure. um the wonder woman one that was pretty recognizable but definitely a lot different than wonder woman's actual costume um black cat wow definitely uh sexualized <laughs> mm-hmm. but different from the actual uh, spider-man's black cat type of thing so it's it's pretty pretty interesting uh, some of these costumes, but definitely more sexually influenced, and and I can see how that does play into their becoming these more popular, recognizable models of because of this sex sure. appeal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not knocking yeah. it. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying this is definitely a massive influence and a massive draw for this. Yeah. And it's, 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 it is one of those things that you, you can't get mad for someone. I know you're not, but I, you can't get mad at someone who, who you can't get mad at someone for selling something if it's okay for the habit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm not <laughs> mad, not mad. Yeah. I'm just saying it's definitely something that needs to be talked about and considered. Yeah considering that it seems to be an oversaturated market with it um it's kind of like but then again that can almost be said about anything uh, going back to the old advertising joke how do you sell it well put a woman in a bikini on it you know <laughs> kind of like that's how you did it with cars you know you've got these cars with supermodels laying across it wearing bikinis you know yeah it's like well what does that have to do with the car? How does the car run? I don't know. I've never tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does it have an engine? Huh? I don't yeah. Never looked. It might. Never never it's bothered to open at. the hood. There's this woman yep. in a bikini on top of it. So mm-hmm. it's something to, to really think about. You know, is this something that is going to... I mean, obviously, it's never going to go away because it's something that we've we've had dealt with since... I'm gonna say almost as soon as we got cartoons, cartoons, people started to make them sexy. There's this sexy cartoon woman, and obviously their drive is sex here. So it's just a conversation to be thought about or to be had. And we just wanted to bring you that conversation piece because it is something that is highly influential and it is something that the old saying sex sells well it really does you know like my example from earlier you know you look at the you watch this cartoon like oh my god that's kind of hot 
and maybe you're not thinking that maybe it's more of a subconscious thing and then you go buy the product that's associated with it then you go to the comic event convention that's associated with it and then you spend you know 80 bu- 80 to 100 bucks for a signature you know an autograph from this person who's associated with it uh why because you probably have a massive raging heart on for this and you don't realize it yeah. it's, i mean but, they're, they're formative cartoons are part of the formative years mm-hmm. so it makes sense that like it you don't have like first crushes and first loves and then you're like oh what was that bitch's name again no they stick around they're they're formative yeah. it will it'll alter or it'll help shape out who you are going forward so those cartoons are the same thing i rather in the the personality types and the that i was attracted to in cartoons like the frankly obnoxious uh pushy female characters or the ones i tend to like so as i got older that's what i liked i'm I'm all for like the, (laughs) the 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 petulant woman who's like nope stop talking just get the food I'm like oh yeah all right I'll, I'll i like the directness so like and that's formative and that's like um tinkerbell to this day if a tiny blonde uh gets mad at me uh i'm happy like i enjoy that <laughs> stomps her little foot and demands i get her ice cream I'm like yeah let's go get ice, yeah, let's go get go. ice cream let's do that that's what i want <laughs> i put on the wings uh, <laughs> So see, there we go. We are, we're all influenced by this. So it's like yeah. I said, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. I'm glad we've kind of had this because I don't think there's a whole lot on this particular topic in the sense of maybe there are in the sense of podcast, but I, I really haven't seen it. And definitely, if you want to search the articles on it, it is a hell of a thing to try to find online uh, because you're going to be bombarded by top 25 hottest. Top twenty-five yeah. sexiest. Hard to look over there. You can there there are um, uh, this this conversation I guess or this topic has been a, I've seen breached um, from other directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a pop culture writer and uh, just uh, a writer. She has a book. Uh, it was a writer, uh, Lindsay Ellis, I believe. Um, discussions on the distaff, the that that idea of in cartoons, especially in, in media, of it having the. Uh, the different uh, personalities because there's personality type A, personality type B, personality type C, and then the girl, and that that sort of approach to cartoons, especially from like the 80s and 90s, where that just being like, yeah, that's just how you do it. Just have the girl one, the one you have that you slap tits on. Um, yeah, and that, that, and that that's part of this true. conversation. Yeah, that's very true because if you think about it, they're not as essential to the. The plot, if I go back to He-Man, the original Mm He-Man, and you have three female characters, you have Tila, you have Evelyn, and if you want to branch off from that, you have She-Ra. And uh, She-Ra was the only one that kind of did have her own plot because she was the heroine of that storyline. But if you go to He-Man itself, it's Tila and Evelyn, and they're fighting again in these super skin tight you know forms of clothing that really that's where she's the good girl and she's the bad girl yeah and it's like you know that logically you wouldn't fight in anything like that and no one would send you into battle looking like that either but yet they were there and but they weren't essential to the plot they were there for the sex appeal which in all honesty 
in all honesty, that was their sole purpose. And, you know, yeah. they, they really didn't bring anything to the plot. And it's very cool that the, as cartoons have gotten gotten better, more in depth, and more evolved. <clears throat> excuse me, I meant to say involved, but evolved works too. Um, but as they've gotten better, that it's less just that that still appears. Of course, mm. it is very hard. Like the the grinding gears of prog of progress in media are very slow. Mm. But it's now it's like because you you you'll still find every once in a while like. Um, candy snacks that are like the avengers and it'll have all of the avengers hulk iron man thor spider-man doctor strange and you're like where's black widow girls don't like comic books like that, that's still admin are still that stupid like no yeah. we tell you what you're allowed to like but then there's tons of examples avatar last airbender uh she-ra's you just went over my little pony all these characters that have like no Fem the, there are female characters, not just the female one. There are whole characters or entire storylines that are, and we're here to find out what this character is about. Uh, and she's not, and if there is more than one character, a female character, none of them has to be the mom. You have like Mabel from uh, Gravity, Gravity Falls, where they have the boy being the stick in the mud trying to be mom. And you have the girl that's like, I have a grappling hook. I'm going to go and be this iconoclastic, do whatever the fuck I want character. We don't have, only have Lisa Simpson or Marge. Mm -hmm. We have all of the options now. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I think you saw a big push with that in in a weirder way, but it was sexualized even back then. But where the predominant hero was the female, I mean, you really do. The first one that comes to mind is She-Ra, and then later on, around that time period, actually a little bit after that time period, uh, late eighties or maybe early 90s, you start seeing the underground comics kind of getting into mm -hmm. it. And, and you see uh, things such as Vamprella, Lady Death, mm -hmm. uh, these underground comics that started like, hey, here's something different. Here is a woman mm -hmm. who is, yes, sexy and can lead this story. Yeah. And can be the focus of the story and then you also have like bob wire that came out um yeah that's right bar so you have but a lot of those were started with the underground comics and yeah. you know they lead into these bigger uh, i think kind of like paving the way influences but you still you know you have how do we bring the boys here to read this well lady death has the hugest tits ever <laughs> Yeah. Like there's no way she could physically and, fight with that type of. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm not well versed in that in in underground comics, but I I would love to find out. I'm wrong on this. My guess is, well, I can't get Marvel to pay me to draw comics. I want to make comics. I'll do comics, but since I'm not being, I don't have the comic code to worry about because I'm underground. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show tits. That's how yeah. I'll get an audience. And that's all it was. And, and you know, the, or the distaff option. Like, here's Hercules. The show's losing. People are losing interest in the show. Uh, let's have an episode with a warrior princess. Cool. Let's give her a show. Ends up being way bigger. Um, not a cartoon, but it's the same. Yeah, I get the same principle. Like, well, let's try the show again, but with a woman at the helm of it. And the, for all the hits and uh, for all the the misses and all the hits, uh, it kind of begets the next step. Where well, what if we went in assuming the main characters um, act are more complicated than the boy, the girl? Uh, what if they? What if it's? What if we? if we don't try to sell the show on 
this is for girls because they're girls as the main character. So it's for girls only, as opposed to this show has ma a male main character and therefore it's for everybody. Yeah. It's like, how about all the cartoons are for everybody? Mm -hmm. There's a good reason for anyone to watch a cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. So that, I mean, slow grinding gears. <laughs> mm. My, our, our, our kids someday might watch really awesome cartoons. Mm. Or they might have dragons. We'll see. I think the, the whole general point of this is that sex still sells, and it is still highly influential among all ages, and um, yep. no one's really exempt from it. I have found a list. While we're talking, I found I did find a list uh, for the what if I was growing what if growing up I wanted to bone I wanted to bone down with dudes. <laughs> Who would I be looking at? And it was on Nerdist, so of course it is just put as hottest male cartoons, mm -hmm. and they're all Disney. Oh they're wow! All the princesses, the princes. Do you want to read uh, that off like the? Uh, yeah, well, I'll go through. List. I'll go through the list here. Yeah, kind of go through here. The playing field a little bit. And I'll, I'll, I will comment on, on, on some of these. So some are, of course, bullshit. Because I feel like it's just the desperation of women going like, well, I need some to look at. Um, the first one being very upsetting to me. Uh, uh, the number, well, I'm not going to go back to it that far. Number 28 is the last one it goes to. And it's, um, it's the, the priest from Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like, that's just weird. Wow, that, that, that is strange. That's yeah, like if, that, if there's a if there's a self hating daddy issue, there it's that one. All right, so number ten, mm -hmm. Hercules. Um, yeah, I can see big it. buff dude. He's kind of a, a little bit of a himbo, classic himbo, dumb, mean, and meaning uh, means well. Uh, he's strong, but he's dumb and sweet. Hercules makes a lot of sense there. Mm -hmm. uh, next up at number nine, Prince Hans from Frozen. Um, yeah, and he's he is a tell like normal as you expect Disney prince mm -hmm. with uh, the first Disney prince with like character, and he's a villain. Um, <laughs> he's just there to like steal a kingdom, but he plays the role of everything you expect the prince, the dashing prince to be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's a good example. He's he's drawn as a he's an attractive guy. That's the idea. Um, Thomas from Pocahontas, which just feels desperate because i doubt you remember who Tom, who the character of thomas from pocahontas i can't remember uh he was just generic white boy with red hair that's like it was voiced by christian bale but it's like he just his thing was like um hey mel gibson's character there's plot and then they go to the plot like they just that's all he did hmm. but he's just generic white boy um, <laughs> interesting okay uh tarzan from tarzan kind of hard to to sleep on this one since he has a like picture perfect swimmer's body, mm -hmm. uh, kind of an aquiline nose and a, and sharp uh, sharp chin, long hair. Although it would be disgusting and matted with shit, um, but it's kind of easy to get like, yeah, here's something. Look at he's got he's got big hands and uh, swimmer's body. Uh, Milo Thatch from Atlantis at number six, um, the adorable thing. He's got the he's got the split down the middle haircut. Uh, another skinny white guy because they're probably all going to be skinny white guys. Not, I don't think there's going to be a fat dude in this. Um, and uh, glasses. He's a nerd, and he's voiced by Michael J. Fox. What's not to like? That makes sense. Um, number five, Aladdin. Generic. I mean, it is creepy because if you ever watched a movie, um, as he gets becomes a hero, he gets more white. They literally paint him shades whiter. 
really disturbing. Uh, he starts as a little uh, little con man and a little vest. He has a pet monkey. He probably smells bad, but he has gorgeous hair, so it makes sense. Hmm. Number four is Flynn Rider from Tangled. Also, the same generic pretty boy haircut, same generic pretty white guy, sharp nose, uh, good chin, little dusting of fuzz on that chin. Number three, which is very surprising, also a skinny white dude, also with the same haircut, Roger Radcliffe from 101 Dalmatians. But him, he was a musician, so there was something to, like, he is like, oh, I'm a musician, I love animals. Kind of makes sense. Like, ladies, what, what's not to love? He, I mean, except he's broke, so it's probably why he's not higher up on the list. Yeah. This one is the dumbest one, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Specifically, if number two is Prince Adam from Beauty and the Beast. But Adam, after the fact, when he's no longer a beast and strong and huge and powerful, and uh, it turns out that Belle was just a furry this whole time and she's just looking for a, a brutish man that would cater to whoever need. Instead, just kind of a generic white guy with long hair and he looks terrified of her. But because you only see him like for two frames. But <laughs> much. Yeah. But I always hated that. Like, what? like oh, well. Oh, you're pretty now. Okay, I'll, I'll I can put up with all the abuse. Uh, number one, I absolutely agree with though, hmm. and that's Shang from Mulan. Hmm. That's the the leader of of her platoon. That uh, in watching, and this is just this speaks to me especially, especially with my love of like Shakespeare. But as he's like, oh, did they send me daughters? I want to ask for men. We're gonna go to fight the Huns. We're gonna be fucking heroes, and they're all useless except for this one kid Mulan, who's actually kind of a badass. And he starts going like, I'm into the, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm liking this dude. It's a good dude. It's a good dude. I'm going to get that dick. Wait, am I gay now? Oh, shit. I oh, guess I'm gay. He's like, okay, he's like down. Like, it's okay. She's a woman. We're just going to. No, but there's there's no like, there's not like a big massive like sigh of relief. It's just like, all right, I want, I'm going to fuck Mulan. Who's going to fight me? I'm fucking Mulan. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm a girl, by the way. He's like. Did I Even stutter? Better. What up? I don't give a shit. He's <laughs> like, I'm down for this situation. Whatever I find down yeah. there will be a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and that speaks to me. <laughs> oh, man. Also, super cut, good-looking Asian dude, sings like an angel, and he can fight with, he can beat the shit out of people to stick. What's not to love? <laughs> there you go. There, I mean, perfect list. Now, that is yeah. interesting. That is interesting. Granted, it is all Disney, but that is still pretty interesting. There you go. Well, I think that's pretty much our show there on uh, what we, I don't even sure what the hell we'll title it. You know, the sexualization of cartoons, the influence of the sexy, sexy cartoons. cartoons. Who's to blame? Sexy cartoons. Who, whose fault is it? Yours, mine, everyone's. Think about it. Yep. So until next time, I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you've been listening to VCR. Bye-bye program support given to VCR by a clean space for you and multi-services. You can contact them at cleanspaceforyou at gmail.com or give them a call at 832-297-1704. They can also be found on Facebook at cleanspaceforyou, all one word. Say hi to Rachel for us.
Need some sweet treats for your next big event? Or maybe you just have a sweet tooth? Check out Skippity Cakes. That's Skippity Cakes. S-K-I-P-P-I-T-Y-C-A-K-E-S dot com. Check them out for all of your sweet treat needs. Things such as cakes, cupcakes, and cake pops. Also, check them out for their varieties of face masks, t-shirts, and coffee mugs. You can also contact them at 281-221-9703. That's 281-221-9703. Again, that's Skippity Cakes. Say hi to our friend Rosie for us. You've been listening to VCR, creative content by Richard Christopher Vada and Carlo Manuel Magana. The logo created by Richard Christopher Vara with assistance from Annie Ramirez. The theme song is The Messenger by Silent Partner and can be found on YouTube Music Library. You can follow us on our social media platforms such as Twitter and Instagram at The VCR Show. You can also email us your thoughts, comments, and concerns to The VCR Show at gmail.com.